We have two readings today. The first one is from Mark 10, verses 35 to 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it that you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptised with the baptism that I am baptised with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptised, you will be baptised. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognise as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. The second reading is from 1 Peter 4, verses 7 to 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And Lord, we ask that you would take this word as Joshua brings it to us today. We pray that you would anoint him. We pray that you would break open the scriptures and that they will be the bread of life to us. In Jesus' name. Christians look to Jesus for absolutely everything. The kind of life that Jesus had is the kind of life that Christians aspire to. His character, his wisdom the gentleness of his touch, the conviction of his words, the hope of his hope, the assurance of his faith, 
for it all, we look to Jesus. So we find when we look into Jesus' life, these words. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, the Son of Man, the promised great Messiah, did not come among us that we would make him a leisured king. He came to help us, to be our servant. And he did that by giving his life, giving his life to the poor of Galilee, an absolutely nowhere place amongst nobody people. And he did that by giving up his life to all people of every age through his sacrifice on the cross. Christians have always, through the long years, insisted on this pattern of life for every single Christian person. For the first generation of Christians who had never met Jesus face-to-face in the flesh, they used to say this, or even to sing some of this, let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and being found in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus served. He served the people he lived with, He served the people that were his followers. He served the world. He served you. And so in Christian faith, we say very obviously that you too must serve. Serve those with needs. Serve the world that hurts. Serve your neighbor. Serve your enemy. Serve God. To follow Jesus is to do as he has done and serve. The passage that we've read today from 1 Peter 4 has exactly the same message. It says, serve one another. And in church life, we are very familiar with this idea. We can, with a moment's notice, come up with a string of examples of what we mean when we say serve one another. Serve morning tea after the service. Serve on parish council. Serve in leading one of our children's ministries. Serve by playing music, by singing, operating that sound desk leading the service, catering for our Introducing God course, leading a small group. Any one of those things would be serving others, certainly valuable, certainly needed at the moment, and certainly Christian service. Serving at church is in fact what Peter is talking about in this passage. And we know that because he uses this one another language, maintain constant love for one another, be hospitable to one another, serve one another. So, we are talking about serving each other, sure. This passage, however, points us not just to serving one another, it helps us to see how we serve one another. The point here is the kind of service that we render to each other, and not just that we serve. The nuance in this passage is all about the way we serve one another. This kind of service matters because it's the kind of service that actually honours God. So in verse 11, whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. So that, in order that, do it in this way such that God will be seen as the great, good, active God. 
Because there is a kind of service that's not about glorifying God. There's the kind of service that's really about glorifying me. The one where I position myself as the martyr who's carrying the church, who washes every single dish, who turns in every single piece of lost property, responds to every group chat message with, don't worry, I'll do it. And then there's the kind of service that's just anxious over-functioning. It's the kind of service where we're so embarrassed by how this church looks that I'll have to serve hard enough to shape it into a kind of way that I'm comfortable with and then I won't feel anxious when new people see how awkward and unprofessional we are as God's people. Then there's the kind of service that's just about control. The one where church is the last place in our lives where we might have any position, any influence or any opportunity to be seen. And instead of developing meaningful relationships, we exercise that insecurity positionally, organisationally. These kinds of service are temptations for us all. And there may be others. They're not the kind of service that's really following Jesus. It's a mistake that we can make at any moment in the attempt to to do the right thing and serve one another. So this all just really begs the question, what kind of service does this passage point us to which will result in God's glory? Three things we could say. The kind of service that's about God's glory is firstly the one that serves with the gifts that he has given. Verse 10. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Now, if you don't know, let me explain. The Christian message is that when we believe in Jesus and say yes to Jesus, uh, many things happen, including he gives his own spirit to live within us. His spirit is the powerful agent of human transformation. And the spirit gives to each member of the church a gift, a special gift, uniquely, so that every member of the church can contribute something to the whole And the whole is always reliant on each person for its functioning and growth. So some have the gift of preaching, some have the gift of hospitality, some have the gift of administration, some some have the gift of encouraging, some have the gift of healing, and there are others. So the kind of service that really glorifies God is when we are using the gift of the Spirit that he has given us where you can contribute uniquely to the church, the gift that God gives. It means more than that, but let's just focus on that for now. When we serve one another with the gifts that God gives, then we're in a healthy posture as a church. Or if you like, we're in a good offensive formation for kicking goals. I don't really know how sporting analogies work, but you could probably probably make one. So what gift has God given you that you need to be exercising in this church. Because it's not just using that gift, it's using it for one another. You know, my gift is encouragement. And I noticed writing this, I spent a lot of time encouraging people in the youth ministry world outside of here. But in fact, perhaps using that gift for one another here, this one another, is what God wills. So there we go. The first kind of service that glorifies God is the one 
that serves with the gifts that God has given. The second kind of service that glorifies God is the one that speaks as if speaking God's very words. Verse 11. Whoever speaks must do so as the one speaking the very words of God. Now, I don't think the message is whoever preaches ought to speak as if speaking God's very words, although that's clearly true. Peter means all of you, whoever speaks. So how could all of us, each one of us, speak as if speaking God's very words? Do I need to go around making everything sound like a prophetic announcement? Your will be done. Is your will for black tea or tea with milk? Probably not that. No, to speak as if speaking God's words is to be able to articulate the gospel, the Christian message, for every single moment of life. To speak as if speaking God's words when someone is overwhelmed by the strain of parenting would be maybe to tell the gospel story like this, or to say something like this. To say, yeah, that sounds like you're trying to hold a lot of things together. Don't forget that God shares that frustration too of children who grow slowly and get up later than they need to when you love them in ways that they just aren't seeing right now. Well, don't forget, you're that kid to God yourself. You share in the frustration of God's love unrecognized. But God reached out to us in Jesus with patience and kindness so that we could get him. He will help you. Keep praying. I'll keep praying for you. Why don't we pray now? And why don't you guys come over on Saturday for a barbecue? That would be to be speaking as if speaking God's very words. And we could do the same for the child who's facing the strain of being parented. To speak as if speaking God's words is to articulate the Christian message for this person in their particular moment. And what that takes from all of us is to know the gospel story incredibly well. It's to know it so well that we can translate it faithfully for every particular moment. So we said Christian service glorifies God when it is serving with the gifts that he gives. And we've just said that Christian service is best and glorifying God when it speaks with the gospel moment, gospel story for every moment. And thirdly, service glorifies God when it is done in his strength. Verse 11, whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies. When I lived in England, I was talking to this English woman about her job, which she found very difficult. And uh, the English love to talk in cliches. They just love it. So she, slared it, she said in this um, slightly exasperated way to try to draw her quibble to an end, she said, oh, well, I guess, you know, we can't do it in our own strength. We have to do it in God's strength. And I think I was probably 19 or 20. I suddenly realised I had no idea what that meant. I just had, I just, I just had no idea what she really actually meant. What in actual fact did it mean to do something not in my strength but in God's strength? So I've thought about that for 11 years and my my answer is it is to be strong in spiritual exercises, to be fit by the regime of God's fitness and not merely trust that I can do this because I'm great or because I'm capable. 
To be strong in God's strength is to trust that a life of prayer really does turn you into a different kind of person. To be strong in God's strength means that to read the Bible regularly and reflect on its meaning really does shape our imagination to see reality as it is. To be strong in God's strength is to trust that generosity with our time and finances will actually change our character and not just our bank balance or diary pressures. These exercises in following Jesus give us strength. Strength to act for others and face what's hard in life. When we do the basics of Christian spiritual exercise regularly that put us in dependence upon God, then we are strong for service. And our service has a strength that it can get nowhere else. So now we've said that the three qualities of mature Christian service are to serve with his gifts. What are you gifted to do by God to contribute to this church? Secondly, to serve by speaking as if speaking God's words, able to articulate the gospel message for this moment. And thirdly, mature Christian service that glorifies God will be done from the strength of a daily walk with Jesus and not merely from the self-made human qualities of one's own excellence. In sum, service is an essential part of the Christian life. It's essential because that's what Jesus came to do. To be Christian is to follow Jesus who served us and accept his service for us in his death and by his resurrection. This passage is not talking about all kinds of service. It's not saying everything that we have to say about service, but it does tell us the kind of service that glorifies God. This is how we get it right. This is about mature service. So serve one another. Serve in this church. Serve on a Sunday. Serve when others here need help moving house or painting or they need meals when they're sick. Serve with the gifts that God has given you. He gave you those gifts so you could contribute. Serve with a gospel-telling way of walking alongside others. When people have a crook, don't be shy to say Christian things and not merely secular things. Gospel things and not just comforting platitudes. And serve out of a life that has spiritual fitness through the everyday exercises of prayer and generosity and Bible reading and thanksgiving and repentance. Now, you can serve up to sign up to serve at St. Tom's by uh, filling out one of those Where May I Serve forms. I think we have some. You can email admin, ministry staff anytime. You can sit down with anyone in leadership at St. Tom's to talk about what isn't happening that you have gifts to contribute to. But serve. Serve to be like Jesus. And one last thing. When this passage refers to everyone, when it says one another, let's have the faith to believe that it really does mean everyone. So it means that children and youth are welcome to serve. And we need to help them especially to take up their part in the church. Uh, So please do those necessary child safe checks so that they can make their contribution where they want to make it and where they are gifted to make it. You see, serving takes grit, Sometimes we have to serve a little more so that everybody can serve. 
Serving takes grit and grace so that God may be glorified. I cannot wait for a 2024 where we live in Christ, where we grow in Christ, where we serve in Christ, and where we proclaim in Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you served us with your life, and we would be nothing without that service, have nothing to give, have nowhere to stand. But you were gracious to us, and we thank you for it. We pray that our lives would be grateful and energetic for recognising your service and following in the way of the Lord that we love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.